Let's go ahead and begin in our scripture. We're starting, uh, we are in the book of Psalms. Um, we are uh, in chapter 27, amen, and um, Psalms 27, and we begin at verse number one. The Bible says this, a Psalm of David, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Amen. Next verse. When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. Though a host should encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise against me. In this will I be confident. One thing have I desire of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell, amen, amen, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. And we move a little bit further today into verse number five for in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me he shall set me upon a rock as always we bless god for his word there's nobody like our god amen 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 we are moving forward in our uh, in our study. We're moving forward um, in our examination of the word. We this this has been has been good, and we've got so many more verses to go. Um, and we and we're just now into verse number five. And hopefully, for those of you who've been able to uh, listen to these uh, lessons, whether you're streaming them through a podcast or on uh, Zoom, doesn't matter what time of date, doesn't matter what country you're in. For those of you who have been able to uh, listen to the lessons. Um, by now, there you, you, you probably have noticed that, man, there is a lot in just a, a single scripture. And, 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 and if that's your thought, you would be absolutely right. There is so much in just one scripture. God reserves the right to teach an infinite amount of lessons through just one scripture. This is why, uh, family of God, you can't put God in a box. It's very unwise to try to do that. Number one, he's not going to fit in that box. And number two, God's going to always surprise you. Every time you get into that word, I guarantee you that if your heart is open and if you are truly desiring to hear from the Lord, if you will be still in that moment and you will and you will open up your mind and your heart to hear what God has to say. I guarantee you, it doesn't matter when, God is going to surprise you. He's going to speak. He's going to say something to you through his scripture. And we love God for that because nobody can, can talk to us quite like he does. But now, brothers and sisters, we've made it into, uh, into verse number five. Amen. Amen. And, and that's, if we're in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle. And so what we're really getting into now is this concept of God's response to our trouble. Amen. And this is a good thing for us to know. On the screen, you have another rendering. This is from the English Standard Version. For those of you who are looking at this, for those who will not be able to see this, um, it reads as follows, for he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me 
under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. Again, that's Psalm 27 and 5. That's just from the English Standard Version. Um, this is not to say that this is the version that you necessarily have to go out and get. There are many different translations. And so, and but but do be aware that um, that um, you, that it will that oftentimes the scriptures that we present are from the King James Version um, when it does differ. Um, or I will call that out and make sure that you know exactly what it is that way in your own study, you can go back and, and you can, uh, you can pull up that same translation, you can find them online in many different places, and then you can read it exactly the way that I read it um, in the uh, translation that I was reading at the time. Amen. And um, so we're talking about God's response to our trouble. Now, in our last lesson, let's, let's, let's bring us up to speed here. We learned about the connection between beauty and glory. Amen. I don't know about you, but that that was a that 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 was a, a wonderful lesson that I know personally God blessed me with. But we learned about the connection between beauty and glory because, um, quiet as it may be for some of us, there is actually a connection, and we learned about that on last week. We learned that the beauty of the Lord often refers to His glory. Amen. And God's glory is an attribute or characteristic often associated with God. Let me camp for just one moment here, okay? The beauty of the Lord often refers to the glory. So that you, that in essence, what that means is, is, is that in scripture, when we talk about, when we use the phrasing or we, or we, or we come across instances of the scripture where we are talking about the beauty of the Lord and the word beauty is being used to describe God. That is word beauty <clears throat> in those instances, it can be really thought of as a synonym for glory, okay? In that instance, you can look at the word beauty as a synonym, okay, for glory. So it is another word or another way of saying the same thing because it represents that same thing. Beauty, when we start talking about it, it, as it concerns the Lord. Remember, we already dealt with it from uh, nature. We dealt with it from man. We dealt with it uh, uh, cosmetically. We dealt with all of that other stuff. But then we last week talked about what does this thing mean when we, when we, when we take beauty and we bring it into the realm of God. Amen. And we learned that when we talk about that beauty, we are talking about the glory of God. Now, I won't do a deep dive on the glory of God because we have already actually, we've actually done that before in previous lessons. So I, I, I invite you to go back to some of the other lessons that we talked about um, where we specifically um, dealt with the glory of the Lord. Now, in case you don't know what those were, those are the lessons that talk about God is light because light is also another word that represents, when, at least when we uh, apply it to God, it is another word in scripture that represents the glory of God. So the earlier lessons for those of you um, who um, listen to it via the, um, through the podcast, you will look up for the, the lessons on, um, on God is light. And then as you go through those or work through those, you will come across the teachings as the deep dive teaching on glory. Now, God's glory, it is worth pointing out um, that it is an attribute or a characteristic often associated with God. Now, when we talk about a uh, characteristic of God or attribute of God, I want you to think of a concept here, and, it's a, and, it, and it might blow your mind at first, but I, but I want you to just, just go with it. What makes God God? Have you ever thought about that? Okay, think about that. What makes God God? Amen. 
when we think about that, that is almost overwhelming, too overwhelming for us to really comprehend. But when we take it and slow down and back up and break this thing apart, what we're really saying is, is that there are some things that are unique to God and only God. See, God is in a class all by himself. They don't have no tutors. God don't have no counsel. They got any part of no trio. You need to understand that God is one. Deuteronomy six and four is plain. God is one and we don't add to the scripture. Amen. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. God is one. There's no need to split hairs or anything. Now, with that, God is, there are things that belong uniquely to God, characteristics. So when we talk about glory, amen. Okay, or the glory of the Lord, we're talking about an attribute or one of the characteristics or one of the things that make God God. Amen. Just when you talk about God is omnipresent, so he's everywhere at the same time. There's nobody else like that. Uh, you can go anywhere you want. You can go, you can go as far as you want, you can go anywhere that you want. There is nobody else like God. Okay, only God is everywhere at the same time and nobody else has that ability. It doesn't belong to anybody else. Only God is omnipotent. That means it's all powerful. There's nobody else that has that. You're not gonna find anybody. Now, I know the devil like to try to make us think that he got all that and he can do all that. But let me just tell you something. The devil is a knockoff. You need to understand that. He's a counterfeit. He's gonna always try to imitate the real thing, but he will never be the genuine article. Amen. He, this ain't going to happen. And when he tried that stunt, well, where did that get him? Exiled. He down here with us. <laughs> so he don't have all power. Want us to think that he does, but no, he does not have all power. So there are characteristics that belong uniquely to God. And God's glory, a lot we learn, is also a, an attribute of God or a characteristic that belongs uniquely to God, amen. And there is no other being, there's nothing else in this universe that is like, similar, close to, no, only one God, amen. So keep that in mind. So we learned that connection between um, beauty and glory. And we learned that the real connection is simply this, that beauty in actuality, when it applies to God, is a synonym for God's glory. It represents God's glory. When you talk about God's beauty, you are talking about God's glory. Man, amen, amen. God's glory, it's important for us to understand, is, is, uh, is that when dealing with God's glory, God's glory, there, there are visual characteristics to uh, the presence of God that he sometimes makes visible to various degrees, amen. When God makes it visible, amen, this characteristic is often referred to as the glory or the splendor of God, amen, 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 amen. Isaiah 60, one and two says this, arise, shine, for thy light is come and thy glory and the glory of the Lord, what, is risen upon thee. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, the, the gross darkness, the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. Now, when we say God's glory, 
that there is sometimes a visual characteristic to God's glory. What we are simply saying is, is, is that there is an element of God's glory while in his spirit form. Now, you understand what I mean? The Bible teaches that God is not a man. God is a spirit. Amen. Amen. God is a spirit. So much so that even your praise and your worship that you give to him must be done. Amen must be done in spirit and in truth. So even your worship and your and your worship and your praise has to be according to the nature of God. God don't want anything that's not like him. Amen. Amen. Have you wondered why God calls you to holiness? Why he calls me to holiness? He calls you to be like him. Why? Because God don't want what's not like him. Why? Because everything else is sinful. This word is tainted. So God don't want all that. That's why God, when you come to God, he doesn't leave you the same. Amen. I, I, you ought to be praising God for that. I know that I am. I might come to God one way, broke off, messed up, just totally tore up and, 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 and just run over. But when God gets a hold of me, when God gets a hold of you, nothing is going to stay the same. Nothing is going to be the same. I guarantee you, you can come over with one mindset but you're going to leave with something else. You're going to leave with your mind straight, not with your mind regulated. That's the God that we serve. That's how he does. God don't leave anything the, the way it was. But, 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 but on the same hand, God don't just accept anything. That's why he keeps calling us closer and closer to him, calling us into holiness. Now, when you start dealing with God's glory and the fact that it is a characteristic of his presence that he makes visible what we to to various degrees what we're talking about is God making the, his glory available uh, visible to us amen when he is not when he while he is in his na his natural form which is what that of a spirit see it throughout the scripture God has taken on different forms and when God takes on different forms, usually in the scripture, these are what are known as theophanies. Amen. These are temporary, these are temporary um, um, representations or, or appearance of God, where God takes the appearance, amen, of a man. And you read these and you find these throughout the scripture and you find them throughout the Old Testament. Amen. Amen. Theophanies are what occurred in the Old Testament and they were temporary forms. Amen. Amen. Then God took on a more permanent form. We can say that in that way in the New Testament when he took on the flesh of a man. Amen. And then that flesh, the Bible says in the book of inheritance, the, excuse me, the book of Hebrews, that he received his name by inheritance. So God created a body for himself. Amen. This is what the scripture teaches. And then he gave that body his name. What name did he give it? Jesus. That's God. We're not talking about a different God. And then what did he do? He sacrificed that body. So that's different. We're talking about God in his spirit form. So when he doesn't take on a human appearance, a man or a human form, we're talking about God in his spirit form. And when you and to, and when we talk about that, you need to understand that even in God's spirit, while no man can look on God and live, you can't see God in his fullness. The Bible is very clear about that. You're just not going to survive that encounter. I'm not going to survive that encounter. No man can do that. Amen. God knows that. And so what God does, even though we can't look on him in his fullness and live, mm -mm, no, 
But what God does is at times, while even in his spirit form, God will manifest to a certain degree elements of his glory. In other words, he'll make his glory visible. Amen. And we learned a whole lot about this. So I hope you guys go back to those other lessons because this is that's just the tip of the iceberg. We can uh, to describe the glory of God. I'm telling you, that is just a wonderful, wonderful study in and of itself. But now we move into verse five, amen. For in the time of trouble, this is Psalm 27, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle, shall he hide me. He shall set me upon a rock. Let's take a look at the concept of trouble because the writer here, David says from the start, for in the time of trouble. So if we're going to talk about this, then it is important that we get an understanding of uh, trouble um, from the biblical perspective. Amen. Now, most of us tend to understand the, na the, the natural nature of trouble. Okay. So if you ask somebody, um, what is trouble? You're going to get a, a you, you, you can pretty much be confident you're going to get some kind of an answer. Um, I don't know exactly what the answer will be that you get, but, um, but, but I'm pretty confident that most people, if you ask them to um, describe trouble or at least give you some examples of trouble, most people could, um, can, can do that. Most people can, can probably uh, provide that. And um, um, because, because it is a concept that people are familiar with, we are familiar with in the natural. It is something that many of us have, um, many of us have experienced, amen. So, so the concept of trouble is not foreign to us. There is a level of understanding of trouble. It just usually tends to be in the natural nature. So we understand it, trouble in respect of this, this world. So anything that has impacted us in the natural, we understand it, amen. But most don't understand, but what most don't understand is the biblical, the biblical nature or concept of trouble. We all think we know what trouble is, and when I and and uh, we are pressed to say that we don't. I think we 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 do we do know um, you know. But again, that's from the natural perspective, okay. And and but it's not it's not from the spiritual perspective. See, trouble is a topic in the scripture that most people they really think they understand, but we rarely do. And this and this is often because. And this is often because our understanding tends to be based really and so almost solely on the impact of trouble as it affects our lives. So as we run into trouble and how it interacts with us or intersects with us at the various stages of life, that help that that usually becomes the basis or the foundation for um, for which or by which we interpret um, trouble. So as it really impacts us, and this is not in and of itself, this is not bad in and of itself, um, but it, it, it's just that that sole concept of trouble in, doesn't really completely represent the depth of the subject as it's found in scripture. See, it's not a bad way of looking at it. It's just not the total way. So the understanding that we have of it um, from the perspective of how it impacts us 
is not bad in and of itself. So I don't want to, we were not, I don't, we're not trying to, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater, so to speak here. That's not what we're, what we're doing. It's just that, it's just that, the, that our concept of trouble doesn't accurately um, cover all the areas that the Bible gets into as far as trouble. The biblical concept of trouble is much wider family and it's, and it's much, much more, uh, more varied. Um, the, the, the term trouble, okay, as we use it in society, all right? The term trouble as we use it in society more than often is it's, it's, it's used out really almost as a catch-all for any and virtually almost everything that, that happens that we just don't like. Okay, whatever comes up, and it, if, we, if we think that thing is bad, we feel that thing is is is, is troublesome. I mean, it's bothersome for us, and it's just not doing right by us. We we tend to label that as trouble. Okay, we tend to 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 label that as trouble. So anything that really impacts us negatively, those things we really tend to label as um, as trouble. And there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. Okay, when trouble is used in scripture, family. Um, it can also often at first appear to be used in the same fashion. So when we see it in scripture, it's very easy, okay, to at first really kind of see it also used the same way. So also as a catch-all to, to really deal with any and everything that happens to us negatively. It can, it can appear that way even when we look at it in scripture. So there's some similarity um, there. But the thing is, is, is that, is, is this, is that, is, is that while it's not a, it's not a total incorrect way of looking at it or view of the word, um, because in the scripture, it is used to encompass multiple and many issues at times, okay? It is, that's why it's not a bad way to look at it, okay? It's just that, it's not the only way. And that's really, you know, it's not the, the total, it's not the, the, the total way to look at it, okay? It, it is in scripture often at times it is used and, and you see it to it, it, where trouble, it, it does encompass many things. If you break down the circumstances surrounding what's going on at the time that you're studying this word, you'll find that it does encompass uh, multiple issues. So there is that similarity. But it's just that that concept of trouble, um, that, that's not all that it is. And so and it, is, and it is worth us going forward into it. So let's get some definitions. Let's get some understanding of this. When, let's, let's start this off from, um, from um, a society kind of uh, definition or world definition of trouble. All right, let's get, let's get that going. Trouble obviously is a noun uh, and, um, and what it means or what it represents, brothers and sisters, when we look at it, um, it, it essentially it means difficulty or problems, okay? Difficulty or problems, amen, amen, amen. That's what it, that's what it means. It's a, a state or a condition or the condition of distress. It can be also viewed as annoyance, okay? And it can also be viewed as uh, difficulty, okay? So we, we, we got some, 
we got some things that we're 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 working with and you can really kind of dig into this if you were to pull up a webster's dictionary you can actually look this up for yourself and you'll 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 kind of see what i'm talking about there's some more things uh to it um but um but generally when you talk about the world definition of trouble um we can accurately say that trouble is um, diff, uh, is represented as difficulty or problems, a state or condition of distress, um, a state or condition of annoyance, or a state or condition of of, of difficulty. Amen. So we 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 see those uh, we, we we see that from the world perspective. If we wanted to just kind of define trouble that way, let's take a, another look at trouble again, but this time let's kind of look at it from a spiritual aspect. Trouble in scripture, brothers and sisters, can also be representative or, or represented by those same things. So trouble in scripture can and does at time cover those same things. But as I said before, there are deeper shades, there, there's some nuances to the meaning of trouble um, associated with the way the Bible uses it, okay? And that's something to, to keep in mind. So yes, it covers or can cover those same things when we start talking about trouble, okay? But when we get into trouble, understanding trouble from the biblical perspective, the biblical perspective of trouble gets a whole lot deeper, gets into a little bit more. In scripture, trouble can has it, 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 it has a range. And I told you, it's the meaning of trouble is wide and varied. I told you that. And in scripture, it can range all the way from affliction to, uh, to hardship and all the way into sudden terror, okay? It, it, I mean, it just, it just, it, 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 it just can. So those of you who are looking at the slide, you know, you, you know, it, it just, you, you, you'll, you'll see that it, 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 it really can, uh, it really can range. Okay. Um, there, there's, there's, there, uh, trouble in scripture covers many things. Amen. Covers many things. Job 14 and one says this man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. From the very start, family of God, from the very start, uh, trouble is there at the very beginning. Man is, is, is full of trouble or impacted, is a better way to say this, is impacted by trouble by the effects of trouble from the very start. And make sure you keep make note of that. Job 14 and one, man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. From the very start, trouble, as soon as you get here, it ain't but a few days. From the time a baby is born, let me make that plain, trouble gets ready to get started. And if you and 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 those of us who have kids, you know exactly what we're talking about. Parenting is not easy, especially when you have children um, and newborn children. It, that that ain't that's nothing to take lightly. All kinds of things come up, and 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 you sometimes just sit down and and shake your head and just be like, God, why I gotta be all this? Why can't 
the baby just be cute? Why you gotta be doing all that crying? Why she gotta be doing <laughs> all that using the bathroom and all of that changing that? Why we gotta do all that? It's just trouble, trouble, trouble. It's a lot of different things. And, and, and it's nice to know that the Bible acknowledges that, you know what? Trouble starts at the very beginning, from the very start. People are dealing with some form of trouble. And this is why people tend to have some sort of view and concept when they deal with trouble. Therefore, it, it's, it's good, family. It's, 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 very, it's very good, okay, for us to get clear on what the word of God is saying whenever the Bible uses the word trouble. Because it ranges so much, it's good to always get clear on what the Bible is saying. What is God saying? What is scripture telling us when we run into the word trouble? Amen. See, we, we, we think, when we think of times, when we, when we, let's look at our scripture. For in the time of trouble, amen, he shall hide me in his pavilion. All right, let's dig deep down into this. Let's, let's take this a little bit further. What is the Bible talking about um, when, when we see this phrase, time of trouble? All right, what is David actually getting into when he says time in the time of trouble? Now, when we think of times, we tend to, by default, think of seasons or periods of time that come and go. Okay. Whenever we, when we think of time, we are, we tend to think of time um, in its transition. We tend to, tend to think of it in um, the state of flux. In other words, it's always moving, always changing, always going. Time marches on. It's the, some have said it is the, it is the, the, the army that never stops marching. Time is always marching on and always moving forward. And so when we think of times, when we bring up time, just, just dealing with that, we tend to think of that by default as seasons or periods of time that come and go. So we think of it as uh, something that's always in transition. However, in our text, time, amen, actually does not refer to a season as in periods of transition. Amen. Amen. A lot of people don't know that. And, but that's why we digging into this time in this text, when David says for in the time of trouble, amen, time in this text, in this sense does not refer to a season as in periods of transition, but hold on. Here's the caveat, but it can refer to seasons as in an appointed time. Now I know that does that 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 that's kind of confusing. I'm going to try to to make make it plain to you. Time in here doesn't refer to is not focused on periods or seasons of transition. It's not it's not this is not a view of time as it transitions from moment to moment, minute to minute, hour to hour. It's not talking about that or season. It's not talking about that from from the, for, it, it's not talking about time in it as a transition, okay? But it can, it is not talking about seasons as they transition, as they move from one season to the next. But time, it can, although it's not talking about the transitionary aspect of time, 
Amen. It can refer to seasons or deal with seasons uh, in the realm of a season being an appointed time, a scheduled time, so to speak. Amen. So it doesn't deal with it in its transition, but it deals with seasons in the form of a designated or a scheduled point of time. So look at it as the, the collection of the entire season as one appointed um, set time. Amen. And I know, and as we go on, it'll get a little bit, it'll, 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 it will get a little bit clearer, but, but, but it's really talking about, it's not talking about time in the state of its transition, but it's talking about time as a fixed point. Okay, hopefully that makes it a little bit more clear. And even it can cover even a season as a fixed point relative to, to, to whatever the plan or the will of God is. And we'll get into all of that in a, in a moment. Now, time in our text is defined and, you go, and, now, and as we define it, you're gonna start to understand why. Time in this text, David said, in the time of trouble, time in this text is defined as a day. So when you see time here, when you break this down, it really means a day or an event, okay? A day assigned, what is it? And if we, if we break it down and really get into it, what time actually really means here is a day or an event assigned to a particular purpose or observance, okay? A specific day or event that is assigned to a particular purpose or observance. So to better understand this concept, family, this concept of what time means here, or this concept of it being like a, being a day, because that's what it actually breaks down to, okay? To better understand this concept, I want you to think of this in the, uh, think of this like that of a birthday or a court date. Hopefully you don't have no court dates but or a holiday okay it's a it's 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 a it's a time it is appointed it is a day it comes around all the time it's on rotation it, 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 it is it do you hear what i'm saying it is it is a it is a specific day okay every day is not your birthday i know some people want to <laughs> want to celebrate themselves get, get on get get away with all that stop no no uh -uh. no 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 praise the lord i'm glad we only got one birthday because some people would take it way too far amen it's a specific day it, it occurs on a specific date a holiday we're coming into thanksgiving that's a specific day amen now we can be thankful all day all day every day and, and we should be but as far as the uh, the holiday is concerned there is a specific holiday that occurs on a specific date in which we observe um, this celebration. Oh man. So in essence, it's really best thought of when we talk about this time as a fixed appointed time or even as a scheduled appointment. Amen. Now that's heavy because I'll read it. Let's read it again. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. I just read the A portion of it. In the time of trouble. And that time, when we look at it, actually refers to an appointed time or a scheduled appointment. Now, 
Next, let's look at trouble. Okay, so that's time. We got time. Now let's look at trouble because he says in the time of trouble. All right, let's dig out trouble and see what that and see what <clears throat> what God's telling us with this. What is this? What is he? What did he instruct this writer to share with us when he used this word trouble? I know we have already talked about a bit of it before about trouble, but we're going to now start dealing with it, especially as it pertains to our text this morning. Amen. I don't know how you feel about it, but this is good this morning. Amen. Trouble in our text, if we were to break it down, simply means calamity. Amen. It means calamity. Um, not just calamity, okay, but a uh, calamity event, okay, or an event that calamity occurs in. Now, to break that down further, it's an event, an event resulting in great loss and misfortune. It can even be a sudden event. It can be a suddenly great event that occurs that results in loss or misfortune. Amen. Now, I want you to keep that in mind. Because here's what it does not mean. It does not mean, in particular, hardship. Notice, it, 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 it does not mean hardship in the sense of you struggling with something. You, 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 you go, it, no, no, uh, it don't, it don't it have nothing to do with that. It doesn't, it's not talking about that, okay? So it's talking about great loss. It's talking about loss and misfortune, okay? This not, in other words, it's not talking about the everyday struggles. No, it's not talking about that. It's not talking about, it's not really drilling into all of those types of things. No, 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 no. The things that, that you're just dealing with on a personal level and I'm dealing with on a personal level and, and I'm just, you know, and it's not talking about that, okay? It's talking about an event resulting in great loss or misfortune. So what we're talking about here is, a, is external things. What we're really talking about are, in essence, are things, watch it, that you and I don't have control over. It's talking about things that happen that are outside of our influence that I don't, I can't, I don't have the ability. It's not me. It's, it, it, it's, it's happening and it's impacting me. But, but I, but at the end of the day, there's nothing that I personally can do beside prayer and prayer is what we should always do. But on a personal there, there, there are no, there are no, there are no changes that I can make in my life. There's no new routine that I can implement. There's nothing that I can start doing that, that'll get me out of this trouble it's 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 this thing this great loss and this misfortune to, to to help you understand it a little bit better it this great loss and mis misfortune if 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 god should call a loved one of yours home that's a loss that you can't do nothing about god in his own in his own wisdom decided to 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 to, to call that person home when the, the, the thing natural disasters and all sorts of things that 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 happen so on and and so forth these are things that 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 happen that are outside of your control let me zero in on it we just came through an, an election 
uh, period. And, and we're still dealing with the residuals or fallout of that, depending on how you're looking at it. And, and, and these are things that you got to understand. The Bible teaches us very plainly in the, in, in, in the book of Romans that God is the one that sets up government. So you I, listen, brothers and sisters, I'm going to go ahead and say it. If you're a child of God, the purpose and the point of a child of God is to always vote for righteousness because at the end of the day, don't get all off into all that, uh, all that political division. Leave that trash in the can because that's what it is and that's where it belongs. But the saints of God should always be focused on something greater than that because we got a greater assignment. See, our assignment is we after what God is after. What is God after? He's after the salvation of all souls, of anybody that will listen. You know, everybody ain't gonna come. Amen. But things have happened. But, but these governments, the Bible teaches in the book of Romans, it teaches very plainly. God sets them up. Ain't no need in getting bent out of shape on about who comes into power. God ordained that. That thing was going to be because God ordained it. God allows all things to happen when he wants them to happen. And sometimes things happen that we don't agree with. People are going to be on different sides of the camp. And they're going to look at it as either a great loss or great misfortune. Calamity. All of these things. So there's an element to it. Now, some of it, that's not that case. For some of it, it's, it people, depending on how they look at it, everything is going, and that's fine. But for some people, it isn't. For some people, it isn't, but it is a representative of an issue that you can't do anything about. It is beyond you. And that is kind of what, and that is what is being talked about here. And that's what's being covered in our scripture. When he says, for in the time of trouble, that's calamity or an event resulting in great loss or and misfortune. Amen. What you mean by misfortune? Things that don't work out the way you want them to. And I don't know how you feel about it, but sometimes life is just like that, where things don't work out the way that you want it to. You thought it was. You crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's. And on paper, it was supposed to work out. In theory, it was supposed to tie out all of it. But, 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 but somewhere between the starting block and go, things just seem to fall apart and unravel. Misfortune. It didn't work out the way that you wanted it to. Amen. So that's what the Bible means when it talks about trouble or when it used trouble in this particular uh, instance. Now, the time of trouble David is referring to, okay, or, or uh, the, 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 the time of trouble David is referring to are in particular those times, watch this, when the things that we don't like in our lives are appointed by God. <laughs> Glory to God. I know that just probably just wrecked somebody right there. Whenever you listen to this, whether it is in the morning or in the day or in the evening, the time of trouble, family, that David is referring to in particular, if we just get specific with it, He's talking about those times when the things that occur that happen are not just the things that you don't like, not just the things that you don't agree with, not just the things that frustrate you, not just 
the things that bother you, not just the things that annoy you, not just those type of things, but they go a step further. They are also things that are appointed by God. And this is hard for a lot of people because a lot of people don't like to think about it in that sense, that some trouble that I go through, that you deal with, some misfortune, some great loss, things that you and I deal with, we don't like to deal with it. That's because we like a candy land God, but the God of the scriptures is not like that. And you have to understand God has total command of even trouble. And so much so that God at times will appoint it. Let's look at Isaiah, turn to 48. I want you to look at verse 10. And we're going to look, go through verse 12. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to prove all this out. We're going to prove all of this out. And we're going to see this because when, 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 because when, when you understand this, when you get what's going on and you begin to understand that some trouble in your life is actually appointed by God, you will stop with the prayers asking God to remove the mountain and you'll start praying, God, give me the strength to climb it. You got to understand it. It's a difference because the, 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 the difference in understanding and this and not understanding is the difference makes a difference in how you pray. Because if you don't understand what's going on, then the chances are high that you're going to pray wrong. But when you do have an understanding, then your prayer is going to change. It's going to go through a transition. And all of a sudden, that prayer is going to be targeted and specific. And it's going to deal, it's going to be applicable for what's going, what's going on in your life. Why? Because you will not be praying against the will of God. How do you not get your prayers answered. Let me show you and let me tell you the fastest way to not get your prayer answered is to pray against the will of God. Glory to God. I am telling you right now, at, at, listen, no matter where you are, no matter when you are, I'm telling you right now, if somebody should hear this long after I am dead and gone, I am saying it for you to understand right now. You can pray all day long all day long for that which is not God's will. And I absolutely guarantee you, you are not going to see that prayer come to fruition. You're not getting anything. Not at all. Not at all. You got to understand God is sovereign and what he say goes. It don't matter if you agree with it. It don't matter if you, uh, if you like it or not. God's going to point some things at times and you and I, well, we just better buckle up for the ride and learn how to deal with them. That's why I love verse five, because verse five actually tells us, teaches us how to deal with that. Nevertheless, I told you to look at Isaiah chapter 48, and I want you to look at verse 10, and we're going to go through verse 12. Behold, I have refined thee. This is God talking. This is God, this, listen here, this ain't Isaiah telling you stuff. This is God talking. Behold, I have refined thee but not with silver. Notice how he didn't do it with, with man-made. Man, no, no, not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of, uh-oh, here it come, affliction. Oh, we don't like that. We don't like that. But there it is. But there it is. 
I have refined thee. That means I worked on you. That means I worked out of you the things that you didn't need. That means I chiseled off the stuff that you didn't need. I, I, I broke off the stuff that were, that's holding you back. I worked on your character and I worked on your disposition. I worked on your mindset. I worked on your understanding. God says, I'm working on you, but not with silver. No, 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 no. Nah, nah, I didn't do it that way. I didn't do it that way. I didn't do it with, listen, when he says, but not with silver, you gotta understand, silver is a valuable metal. So in other words, he said, I didn't work it out of you with, 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 with the things that are convenient, with the things that, are, that, are, that, that you feel are wholesome. And I didn't how I worked it out of you. He said, I did it in the fires or in the furnace of affliction. For my own sake, even for mine own sake, will I do it? Do you hear God? Do you hear God not asking you for your opinion? I hope you do. Because I, I certainly don't hear him asking me, asking me for my opinion. I don't hear God saying, 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 Lloyd, how do you feel about it? I'm getting ready to send you through this trial. I'm getting ready. I've appointed this for you. How do you feel about it? I don't see God asking me that. No, 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 no. And for those of us who have that, under, that mindset, where you follow a Candyland gospel, where God going to tell you everything, listen, no, he not. He don't have to. He don't have no counselors. He don't have no tutor, tutors, and you most certainly, and I most certainly am not one of them, even if he did. Even if he needed to talk to somebody, he wasn't going to talk to you. He wasn't going to talk to me. No, no, no. And God is God all by himself, and he don't need nobody. He said, I looked around, and there was nobody else. He said, I didn't see no other God. I don't know any other God. God is God all by himself. Oh, I love this scripture. He says, for my own sake, even my own sake, will I do it. God, why are you sending me through this hardship for his sake? God, don't you know that this hurt? Why are you doing that? I know it's for my sake. God, I'm saying out over here, the fire is kind of hot. God says, I know that it's for my sake. It's for me. Not going to hide that. It's for me. You're going to get something out of it. But I'm doing it for my sake. For how should my name be polluted? And I will not give my glory to another. Hearken unto me, O Jacob and Israel, my call. I am he. Oh, do you hear it? Do you hear it this morning? He said, I am he. I am the first. I also am the last. Do you hear God? Listen, I don't know what you heard, but all I hear is complete and absolute sovereignty of God coming across. He said, I'm using the hard times. Let me tell you something, brothers and sisters who are listening. Don't you listen to nobody that teaches you a doctrine or a concept that a child of God is not supposed to suffer. Suffering is a package deal. If you are going to be on the Lord's side, you're going to deal with some hard times sometimes. I don't get away from it. Not gonna be able to run away from it. Not gonna be able to hide. You're not gonna be able to do it. You're not going to be able to duck under the bushes somewhere. You're not gonna escape. And you gotta understand this. God said, I did it. He said, I refined you. Do you realize what that means? That means he says, I made you better than what you were. 
We complain about the affliction. We complain about the hard times. God, I'm sick. God, I'm on my bed of affliction. And God, I'm dealing with all of these things. God, if I just had this and if I just had that. And we complain and complain about God because the thing don't look the way we want it to. But God is saying through it all, I'm making you better. And it's hard to see that when you are on your bed of affliction, affliction that God is making you better. But I'm telling you to trust the process that the God that we serve, even though it does not look like you wanted to, God said there is a good on the other side. I'm telling you right now, I'm telling you right now, you who are suffering, you who are going through some things, stay right there. Don't run nowhere. Don't go nowhere. Don't go nowhere. Don't, don't curse God. Don't do it. Don't, don't, don't curse God. Bless God. Worship God. Know that he's in the fight. He's in there with you. Do you hear the word of God at the very end? He said, I am he. I'm the first and I am the last. Do you hear what I'm saying? That means that he was with you from the start when the trouble came your way. And he's going to be with you at the end when the trouble passes away. Jesus said, let us pass over to the other side. And to the other side is where you're going. But you got to stay in there. You got to stay in there. You got to stay in there. Don't move. Don't move. Don't move. Don't move. Don't run. Don't don't listen. Don't be no coward. God didn't call you to be cringingly. God didn't call you to be cowardly. God has called you to be a soldier. And the Bible tells us to endure affliction and hard times like a good soldier. That's what the word tells us. You got to stay in there. It's hard to think of this because it's a deep subject. Nobody want to suffer. Nobody want no trouble. And some trouble is avoidable, and we'll get into all of that. But there are some trouble, there are some things that are actually appointed. Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I didn't do it with good times. I didn't do it with I, I didn't do it with all that. No, 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 no. How did I do it? I did it. I chose, I have chosen in the furnace of affliction. That's suffering. That's hardship. That's dealing with it. He said, I chose affliction. To make you better, to make you better, to make you better, to make you better. Oh, I wish we had time to go into that. I'm telling you right now that 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 that's like 30 sermons in that alone. And more than that, he said affliction. He said, I chose it. How dare I pray? God will take this from me. How when I now know. How do I go forward and pray that now that I know that some of these things that I go through are God appointed, it's God ordained. Why? So that his name don't get polluted. God got to perfect you so you don't make him look bad. That's what he's telling you. For how should my name be polluted? See, God, if God don't get off of you what is not like him, you got to understand, you're going to always misrepresent God. You're going to always be a misrepresentation of God as long as he were, if, if he were to allow you to remain as you are. No, that's why you got to be changed. That is why if any man be in Christ, what? He is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. He got to change you. He got to change you. And that's just that first scripture. How do I get this change? 
oh, I got so much more. We can go into all of, all of that. But just in case for whoever it is that may hear this, let me tell you something. Except a man be born of the water and of the spirit, he in no wise is going to enter into the kingdom of heaven. Listen, you got to be born again. You got to be born again. Now, I want you to understand something. I'm going to make it plain. I'm going to make it plain. The point here is, is that trouble and affliction, or trouble rather, some trouble is actually appointed by God. So it means that you're not going to get out of it. Now, I want you to understand something. Think about this. I just want you to use your logic now, okay? I want you to lose, use your logic no matter who you are, where you are, when you're hearing this, in case you are not saved. I want you to understand this. There is trouble that is appointed to you, whether you like it or not, whether you are saved or not, it is appointing. You're not going to get out of that. You're not going to get out of that. Now, seeing that I cannot get out, of some trouble that's going to come my way. It would seem to me that I would at least want somebody to walk me through the fire. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. If I can't bypass it, if I can't get over it, if I can't get around it, and and I got to go through this, I hope you hear it this morning, that God, I don't want to go through it by myself. And when you don't have the Holy Ghost and when you are not saved, do you realize that those appointed times of trouble and hardship, you're going to deal with that on your own? And I'm telling you, man, sometimes, listen, you don't want that. You don't want that. You don't want that. And there is a God that is that has decided to walk through the fire with you if you will let him, if you will let him. But he ain't going to do it for anybody. No, 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 no. You got to renounce your sins. You got to turn from your wickedness. You got to turn from your unrighteousness. You can't have a secret love affair with things that are unclean. You got to touch not that unclean. You got to change your mind about being crooked and being wrong and being dirty. And you got to realize that you are a sinner. And you got to realize that you need to be saved. And I'm telling you that there is a God that robed himself in flesh and went down through 42 generations and went to an old rugged cross and shed his blood for you and then got up on the third day with all power of heaven and earth so that he could call you son if you were willing to call him father and the way you do that is you got to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ not in his titles and all that other strange stuff you got to do it the way the Bible says do it and I'm telling you God will fill you with the Holy Ghost God will fill you with the Holy Ghost. Oh, amen, 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 amen. Trouble. Next week, we will continue on this topic of trouble. That first scripture, I'm telling you, man, that just knocks you right out of the box. That Isaiah 48, 10 through 12. Some of you need to make sure you take that into your prayer time. I'm going to go ahead and stop the recording. (laughs) 